0: Welcome to the What I Love About You
1: podcast.
0: I want to tell you three things that I love about you. I love about your smile. You love my smile? I love your smile. (laughs) I love your laugh. You have a contagious (laughs) and amazing laugh. I love your beautiful singing voice.
1: welcome to the what i love about you podcast we are so excited that you are listening to today's episode and we thought we would kind of go back to the beginning when kaylee and i did the first episode in season one but today we want to talk about something completely different than what we talked about in episode one kaylee what are we going to talk about today
0: Today, we are going to talk about relationships. So this season has really been focused on what about life giving words in different areas, fill in the blank, in motherhood, in music, in lots of different areas. And I wanted to make sure we got to talk about relationships. This episode is going to be, have a heavy focus on marriage because obviously we have been married for almost 10 years, which is crazy. But we're also going to touch on some things that really could apply to any relationship, any friendship, relationships within family, parents, dating, marriage, all of it. So I want to talk a little bit about this 10-year journey. We obviously have been together for longer than 10 years, but we've been married for almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years when, Barry?
1: December 18th.
0: December 18th. That's right. So December 18th will be 10 years, and I feel like we are totally different people today than we were 10 years ago. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would I would definitely agree that I, myself, and us together are totally different people now than we were 10 years ago when this whole thing started.
0: And I think, I think that's the goal. I think everyone wants to grow and become different people. But I think what we've seen is a lot of times along the way, as you grow and as you change, you can grow apart. And yeah. that's something that we kind of wanted to make sure didn't happen. And I think there's some key things that have really helped us in not growing apart, but growing closer together. And in truly being able to say we are more in love today after 10 years, four kids, a whole lot of life, which is crazy, four, <laughs> but we are closer today and more in love today than we were 10 years ago. Absolutely. And I think there's a few things that have really helped contribute to that. And specifically when it comes to being in a marriage, I think it's easy to think that you kind of have learned everything there is to know about somebody. But Mm. one thing that I think the last few years has really taught me is that we should always be learning about each other. And because you grow and change, you kind of need to learn about that new person. Mm. So I think it's a really good practice to every year kind of just feel like you update yourself even mentally with like oh i want to remember that he likes this now or he this is his favorite restaurant or this is his favorite hobby i feel like even simply the fact that I, a podcast wasn't even remotely an idea 10 years ago but yeah. you now know this is something that i'm passionate about we, we think, were
1: not talking about podcasts 10 years ago
0: no i i didn't even start listening to podcasts until the beginning of last year so
1: but i think I, something you just said a second ago is so powerful And you used a word that I was going to use, but the, the idea that like, we have to continually update each other, but also like update ourselves. And so Mm -hmm. when I think about like my phone or my Apple watch that got broken the other day, rest in peace forever. uh, But often I'll get these little notifications that say there's a software update. There's an update required. And I think often what happens, right, is people get married and they start ignoring the updates. Now, I can't say anybody in particular, but I know some people who skip updates on their technology technology, (laughs) and they don't ever update things and they're still running operating systems from seven years ago.
0: Actually, I think I have, we're doing a Zoom call for this and I'm pretty sure there is a notification behind your computer on my computer right now. Yeah. An update.
1: But what I think is so telling about that is when you ignore the notifications, your device begins to not operate properly. Mm. And it's the same exact thing in a marriage. Like if you ignore the updates or in any relationship, even in a friendship, right? Like mm-hmm. even in a relationship with your parents, if you're, you know, maybe not married, not dating anybody right now, just relationships anywhere in life. Yeah. If you ignore the updates that are available, you will, that relationship will begin to not function properly. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I think that's why, you know, when we got married, one of the things we talked about often was not wanting to be a statistic. Uh, mm-hmm. When we got married, it was 50% of marriages ended in divorce within three mm-hmm. years. And we've yeah. made it to 10 So
0: I think, I think what you said is so true. This idea that we can, we can really constantly be learning about ourselves and each other, Mm. but I think creating a safe space. One thing that I so appreciate is you've always created a space and asked questions and not, not, assumed that because I wasn't interested in something, I couldn't be interested in it now. You know, there was never like a podcast or, you know, this, Mm. that, whatever, like you weren't interested in that before. It's like, oh, cool. This is something new. Let's try it. Let's do it. And I think even in our friendships, like you were saying, relationships with family, dating relationships, let's create space where people feel like they can kind of change and grow and be interested in different things. If someone plays a song for you and you think this is not your taste in music, well, maybe it is now. Like Mm -hmm. that's okay. It's not something that has to kind of always stay the same. And I think sometimes if we feel like maybe we missed an update or we missed something, we can be embarrassed and feel like that's not, that's not your favorite, whatever, or you don't like that kind of music or you know, whatever the case may be. And I think it's important to not feel embarrassed, but to be like, okay, I need to note this. And I yeah. need to recognize that creating a space for this is going to help our relationship be the very best.
1: Or even getting offended. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I think, um, especially in a dating or marriage relationship, it's easy to get offended by those things. Well, like, no, like you're, that's not how you are. Or that's not what you like or whatever. Mm-hmm. And rather than adapting and learning, you get offended. And um, I can't remember who it was, but I heard someone say once, when you take a fence, you put up a fence. Mm. And I think um, often that's what can happen in marriage, right? Like if we refuse to do those updates, if we refuse to grow together, like this fence gets put in between us yeah. and uh, it, it ultimately stunts the growth and sometimes stops it.
0: I think one thing that was really powerful for me is when we began our marriage, we referred to it a lot as like a team. We are a team, you know, team mm-hmm. Oser, like this is our team. And even before we had kids and our team was almost the size of some basketball teams, we, we were able to acknowledge that that we're a team, which means we're equal parts. And Mm. I'm only as good as you are. Like if you are hurting, if you're struggling, or if we're not in tune with each other, we're not going to play as well. We're not going to do as well. You know, if, if the quarterback on a team is being attacked by its own team member, you know, tackled by its own team member, everyone's going to go, what's going on? Why would that, that that's crazy. That's you're on the same team. But what I see so often in relationships, marriage and outside of marriage is that Mm. people attack their own team. And I've been guilty of this. And there's been seasons where we've been going through something really stressful and it can feel like a safe place. It can feel like this is the person that loves me more than anybody. They know my shortcomings. They're still going to love me tomorrow. And I think it's important. We don't take advantage of that, but it's also important that we remember that, you know, that's my teammate. And there's been times Mm -hmm. that we've had to look at each other and remind each other like, Hey, same team. So when I'm wanting to tear you down because I'm upset and or I'm feeling embarrassed or insecure or offended, and I want to take it out on you,
1: same that's too. really
0: hurting myself. It, it, you know, it's. I think the team analogy really carries over to relationships very well, and I think it's a it's a term and a word and even that phrase of same team has really been life giving because it's helped me remember, you know, that you're not my enemy no matter mm-hmm. what's going on, and that in order for me to be successful and for you to be successful, we've got to be working together. Absolutely. What would you say is one of the things that has been the most challenging about the last 10 years or about marriage that maybe you didn't, you didn't know it was going to be that challenging. You wouldn't have guessed it would be challenging. What, what it's been Mm. hard other than the fact that I squeezed the toothpaste in the middle. Okay.
1: (laughs) I wasn't even going to say that. That was an easy fix. I just bought the kind that you can't squeeze in the middle. So We didn't have to worry about that anymore. No, I would say, um, I think one of the things I didn't realize going into it, right. That was a question. What did Mm -hmm. I not? Yeah.
0: And what did you Um, think? say it again? Like what's, what has been hard that maybe you weren't expecting to be hard?
1: Yeah. I would say, um, once having kids being a unified front, Um, I, I, I think not that we, we aren't normally and, and not that it's a struggle to not be unified in front of our kids, but just like remembering even just what you said a second ago, like the whole same team thing, like, I'm not going to make a decision without talking to you about it. Like if it's a big decision having to do with our kids or, or even in like how we choose to give consequences or discipline, like, hey, we're going to be mm-hmm. on the same page in this because, you know, you you can spend all day disciplining and giving consequences because you're here with them. And then when I walk in the door, if I'm not reinforcing that, mm-hmm. that really starts to divide things. And I know that doesn't necessarily have to do with marriage. Well, um, it does.
0: I think it, I think that's but, a huge
1: part of it. I think I I probably bought into the lie that like love is all we need. Mm-hmm. And it's true like love is vital. Like and we love each other, that's not mm-hmm. that's never been a question, but I think it's more than love. Like it's it's daily and sometimes multiple times a day choices mm-hmm. to like continue to love that person. Mm-hmm. And and loving that person sometimes is like compromising. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's sitting down and having conversations, like, um, I like to call them clarifying conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Hey, I'm stupid. You're really smart. I don't understand what, you, what, what I did wrong or what's <laughs> happening. Can you please explain it to me? That's a clarifying conversation. Um, or, or sometimes it's just remembering that, like, I love you, you know, um, like the most famous verse, verses in the Bible, it's first Corinthians 13. And it's like, love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not self-seeking. It doesn't keep any record of wrongs. And so I think the statement of love is all you need for a marriage to work is, is actually true. And so I'm kind of backtracking on what I just said a minute ago that I bought into the lie. I think what I bought into was the world's Like standard Mm -hmm. or what the average person would say like love is right like i love the florida state seminoles like i love the dallas cowboys Mm -hmm. but that's a completely different love than what first corinthians talks about where it's like love is kind love is patient like you have to make those choices daily Mm -hmm. to be kind to be um you know not self-seeking um to not keep a record of wrong you have to you have to continually do that And I wish, you know, it's funny now when I talk to people who are getting married, I talk about all the incredible things about marriage because marriage is incredible. But I do say to them, like, I was like, hey, I wish someone would have told me before I got married, like, hey, marriage will be the second greatest decision you've ever made in your life. The first one would be beginning a relationship with Jesus. But the second greatest relationship you'll ever have in your life is a marriage. But like, it's work. Like it doesn't, it's not just like, oh, we got married. Everything's great Mm -hmm. now um yeah you have to work at it
0: i think that's probably the thing that surprised me the most in our relationship specifically because our relationship never felt like work i feel like mm. you and i like we were best friends before we were boyfriend and girlfriend and and our relationship has always just been just there's just such a strong connection and it's just i feel so comfortable with you i feel so safe with you and so when people talked about marriage being a lot of work i thought yeah that may be true for most people but they don't have that connection like we have they're not like best friends mm-hmm. like we are they don't love being around each other like we do so that's probably not going to be the case and no yeah. matter how much you love someone or enjoy being around them or are best friends or whatever it's still going to be a lot of work. And I think being able to acknowledge, like, just like you said, one of the most life-giving things that maybe we could say in relationships is that love is a verb. It is Mm -hmm. not just this theory or this, you know, okay, I'm just going to say I love you and that's it. It's something that I'm going to act out on a very regular basis. And it's going to be a daily choice multiple times a day. Mm -hmm. And that only gets turned up in intensity when you add in other variables in your children so if yeah. you're married right now and you think you know i want to, we want to add kids into our family that's the most amazing thing and it's incredible it and it's you know you get Buckle to up you get to see these little people that you created that have different personality traits from each of you, and are this a beautiful combination <laughs> of the two of you. Um, yeah. And some more than others. Like, we have one of our kids is literally a mini Barry. He's our little baby bear, and mm-hmm. he makes the exact same faces Barry makes, and he acts the exact same way Barry acts when he's hungry. So, I mean, they're like the same person, basically.
1: And sweaty, and angry, <laughs> and frustrated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, I mean, I just think it's so cool to get to look at your kids and see like, wow, this, this one got your creativity. This one got, you know, your whatever kindness, whatever the case may be, whatever traits you love the most about your spouse, you're going to see those in your kids. So if you're thinking about that, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think it's something the world tries to discourage like, oh, wait till you're financially stable to have kids. Wait till this, wait till that. Honestly, I don't know that you're ever going to be ready to have kids or be financially stable enough, but I will say if you and your partner decide, Hey, we want to add kids into this family. We're ready. Just recognize that that's more variables and more, people, little people that might be trying to kind of pitch you against each other at times. Kids know what to say and they know how to say it and they know how to manipulate. Nobody has to teach them how to do that. And so what you said about being a united front is so very important. And if you don't have kids, maybe it's being united front when it comes to in-laws or friends or family members. Maybe one of you have, you know, a friend that thinks, X, Y, Z is okay. And you you know, your spouse is not okay with that. And it's not going to be, she won't let me, or he won't let me. It's, Hey, we've decided that we're not going to do that. Yeah. Being a unified front across the board in every area of life, just kind of solidifies that team and really allows for the two of you to be able to take on the world together, not one dragging the other or one pushing the other, but unified as a team. And I think I definitely was surprised at how hard, but it's the best kind of hard. Like it's not, it's not a hard where it's like, oh my gosh, this feels like such hard work and it's miserable. It's like when you get your dream job or you know, you're finally in those college classes that you've always been wanting to take that have to do with your major or whatever you're passionate about. And there's moments where it's like, this is really hard, but it's my, it's my favorite thing ever. It's the best Mm -hmm. thing ever. So don't let how difficult or challenging it might be discourage you. Let that encourage you that it's so very worth it. I mean, I think both of us would say any amount of work that we've put into this relationship or, you know, challenging seasons that we've faced, we stand here today, ready to do it all over again.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think that's true in every area of life. Like anything worth having in life is going to take work. Mm -hmm. Um, and so even if you're, you know, listening and you're not married or maybe you're, you're, you know, single again, Mm -hmm. like don't, don't think that, you know, you can't have something or or you know, people we've had people say to us like, oh well it's just easy for you guys, like whatever, like <laughs> heck no, like y'all don't know I'm a difficult person to live with. Like Kaylee Kaylee is a saint and no, she puts not. up she puts up with me. Mm-hmm. Um but it takes work and yeah. I think the thing for us that we that we you know maybe came to grips with or just resolved a long time ago was that we we knew together on the same team we could accomplish incredible things and we could do great things yeah. and so we were going to fight for that and we were going to yeah. make sure that nothing ever you know came in between that or stopped it including our own kids including our careers including all of that that Everything we do, like when it comes to big decisions, like we're gonna filter that through. Like, how does that affect both of us? We're gonna include each other in those conversations. Um, Except for Santa Claus. We forgot to talk about Santa Claus before we got married. Uh,
0: What I will say is, ladies, make sure that the man that you're going to be with is going to cherish you. And same thing for guys you know, you wanna be cherished, you wanna be loved. I would say for us, it's incredibly important that the the other person loves Jesus, mm-hmm. and is spiritually 100%. just as passionate as we are. We want to be running in the same direction. We want to be running the same race on the same team. But also, you should discuss Santa Claus because we did not discuss how we were going to approach the whole Santa situation. And just in case there's any children listening, there could be. You never know, like in the back seat of a car. We'll save that conversation for another day, but
1: ask your parents.
0: The point is, you should talk about it. You should talk about all the things. Anything that you think, oh, I can't wait one day to do this with my kids, or oh, I can't wait to do this in my career one day, or oh, I can't wait to fill in the blank. If you're thinking that, just have those conversations with your significant other and see how they respond. Because if their response is, oh, no, that might not work out so great. And I think the great thing is when you, when there's a foundation of a love for God and a recognition that this person that you're in a relationship with is created in the image of God, an image bearer of Christ, and is deeply loved by God, and you're both running after God and pursuing Him and then each other, there's this knowledge of kind of a safe space that's created for change. So I couldn't have told you like, Hey, I'm really passionate about podcasts and I really want to do one. And I want to, you know, will you help me and use your technological genius? Cause I'm barely can open my iPhone and help me make this happen. I couldn't have, I couldn't have mentioned that to you. And if I could have 10 years ago, you might've been like, what? Uh, I don't know, but now you're totally open to that because you love me and you love what I love. And I think That's a really amazing thing. I think another thing that's been super, super life-giving to our relationship is being willing to, like we talked about the updates and, and staying up to date with each other, but specifically using different tools to really learn about each other and specifically how the other person receives and feels love. And yeah. one thing that's been so helpful is the um, five love languages. If you're in a relationship or even in your friendships, I would encourage you learn what those people, you know, your friend, your mom, or your boyfriend, girlfriend, aunt, uncle, whoever learn what their love languages or even maybe what they're talking top- You should definitely know. Yeah, absolutely. You should definitely know what your love language is because I think it gives you the words to communicate how you feel and receive love. But I also think it's so important to know that about your significant other or your spouse because you can be trying to communicate love and it's not how they receive it. It's not Mm -hmm. how they process, I love you. And so it's almost like if you were speaking two different languages, It's yeah. there's going to be a barrier and a breakdown. And I think it was super helpful for us to be able to say, okay, I am not just going to show you I love you the way I want to receive love. I think specifically for women, there's this idea of, I'm just going to keep doing the things that I want you to do for me, and maybe you'll pick up on it. And this is a little side note, ladies, do not ever find the the memes or the kind of let's tear him down articles on social media and post those things and tag your man like if your goal is to humiliate don't
1: even post them and not tag him either no no
0: no yes you should not post them period let's not like let's not share that or perpetuate that but i i've seen people do this thing where it's like oh you know at If I were going to do it, which I never have, like at Barrioser, and like you know, it's like the I emoji, or check this out, or hello, you need to look at this, or like you know, if your man needs some great date ideas, send him this, and you're gonna tag it on Facebook. Don't let's not humiliate the person that we're supposed to be doing life with forever, and that's supposed to be on Mm -hmm. our team. Let's not tear them down. Let's not try to belittle them in front of other people. I think it's really important that we. Learn how the other person receives love. Be willing to communicate, hey, this is how I feel loved by you. And then make sure that we're intentional with those things, because love is more than just words. Love is action, and we want to make sure that we never stop showing each other that we love each other. Yeah. What's another tool that you think has been very helpful in our marriage?
1: I think another super helpful tool that we discovered recently uh, was the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. And um, I would be willing to go as far to say that things that were revealed to us in the Enneagram, I believe probably saved uh, our marriage. Um, And then, you know, People might be like, wait a second, you guys said like you've been together ten years and it's great. Like it is great. It's incredible, but there have been moments, again, I'm an idiot. That's not true. Um,
0: when you take two but... people when you take two people that come from different backgrounds, I mean, no matter what, you're not marrying your siblings, so that person's gonna be raised by other people. Hopefully not. I mean, sometimes
1: in Alabama Absolutely. Stop. That's not true. Maybe Kentucky. When you take two
0: people that We're raised by different families, brought up differently. And then you try to bring those two worlds together. And then you add on top of that, they are two unique individuals. Yeah. There's a lot of things that can get lost in translation, a lot of things. And there's obviously everyone has their own baggage and their own, you know, past junk. And so we need all the tools and all the help that we can get when it comes to marriage and understanding each other and becoming you know, closer and not further apart. And I think the Enneagram, I would absolutely agree, saved our marriage in that I don't know what kind of marriage we would have had. And I think it would have been very surface level and kind of, you know, let's just kind of coexist and just i am I'm, I'm frustrated that i'm always bringing up the same issues and it doesn't feel like you understand and you're frustrated you're always bringing up the same issues and i think we would have just kind of gotten to a place of complacency so i think it saved our marriage and that it, it led to such a better relationship because yeah. we knew how to communicate with each other we learned about each other
1: yeah i would say the enneagram for us was like that update like mm-hmm. it was that huge software update for us of learning like here's here's maybe even sometimes the reasons why you know i do certain things that i do or think certain things that i think or filter things the way that i filter them and the same for you mm-hmm. um and and so what it did and and what the tool was of it was just helping us understand each other better yeah. and helping us ultimately um learn a little bit more about our weaknesses and our strengths to where we can help each other be better, right? Like um, you talked about sports earlier. When I know my teammates on a on a sports team, on a football team, whatever, where their weaknesses are, I know how to help them. I know how mm-hmm. to call out certain things to give them a heads up on things that they may not normally see. Right. And it's the same thing that we've seen in our in our marriage but then i think also even in just some of our closest friendships as we've studied that tool and learned different things about certain personalities yeah. there are things that we see now that we didn't see before there are things that we understand on a deeper level that we didn't understand before
0: yeah.
1: and um, you know those things are priceless like they've they've been game changers in ways for us to um grow and adapt and, and pivot and kind of move forward.
0: Yeah. I think for years there was, there was things that I, I felt like maybe you were not fully letting me in, or you were kind of closed off to letting me into certain aspects of like, specifically when it comes to like emotions. I remember our first Um, the first Father's Day that we were married, I thought like, okay, you know, we now live together. Like I'm gonna see the point when you kind of break down because this is a really hard day for you with everything that you've walked through with that father role. And, you know, spending the day with you, I was just like, he's just not letting me in. He's just not letting me see these emotions. And it, and I really started to kind of internalize, like, he just must not trust me enough or mm. love me enough or feel comfortable enough to kind of let me in. And one specific area, the Enneagram kind of opened my eyes and helped me understand you better was understanding it's not that you weren't letting me in or you didn't trust me or you didn't whatever. It's that you were running as far as you could from those emotions and you were trying to forget about them. Like you weren't hiding in the in. Yeah. Like you weren't hiding in the closet crying or talking to someone else instead of me or yeah. whatever. It was just, I don't want to think about that. And I'm not dealing with that right now. And right. one thing that I so appreciate is this helped me understand specifically when it comes to emotions. Cause I think everyone can process emotions so differently and, yeah. and process stress and process you know, all the different feelings that we can feel so differently, it helped me understand how you process your emotions. And it it let me understand when I'm reading about, you know, this specific Enneagram type and everyone is still very unique. It's not like a, okay, this, I'm going to read about you to a T. I still need to go talk to you and be like, what resonates with you? Like, do you feel this way? Or do you feel this way? Or do you not feel either of those things? Like it's not this like secret handbook on your spouse but I do feel like being able to say, you know, hey, does this resonate with you? Do you feel this way? And and mm. pinpointing the things that you were like, yeah, I do feel that way, or I do think that way, or I do, that that is how stress makes me feel, or that is the way my brain works. In those areas, it was like, oh, okay, I now understand you And because I'm learning that there's a lot of people like this, it's not like a you and me need to fix, like, you know, you're just, you just don't love me or you don't care about me or whatever. It has a whole lot more tied to it. And ultimately it's the way that God's wired you. But I love in the areas of weaknesses that you've never used it as like a, this is just who I am. You don't use it as just an excuse. You don't use it as just like a, sorry, like this is the way I am. You've used it as a tool to kind of tell you like, here's where I am. And here's here's the things that I need to work on. Here are my areas of weaknesses. Here's areas I need to grow better at even just communicating. Like, hey, I'm feeling a lot of feelings right now, but I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to feel them. Yeah. And so you can check back with me later. But those things I feel like have been just really helpful tools to give the words needed when sometimes it can feel like you're speaking two different languages.
1: I think one of the things that maybe even just this quarantine has taught us is like the value of, of like asking the right questions Mm. too, of, of now knowing each other and kind of knowing a little bit how each other think or process things, like sometimes helping us come out of that and asking the right questions of like, Hey, how are you feeling? What, you know, um, with, with your, personality and your type, you can easily get up in your head about things and, and critique things a lot. And so, um, I'm able to see now sometimes even before you fully get to that place and, and, and try to, you know, try to help not get there, but then also, um, just being there to listen, Mm-hmm. when you are in that place of hey talk to me about how you're feeling talk to me about you know all the things that are going on um and and sometimes that's to just listen and sometimes that's to offer advice and to help
0: obviously in this space and on this podcast life giving words are so important and the focus of this podcast but you know, when we think about the fact that our words can give life and you can literally breathe life into a situation or into a person and how important that is in our relationships. And again, if we're talking about the same team, you want everyone on your team to be functioning at their best and you want to be quick to speak life giving words. I know one of the things we did, we did a devotional when we first were married and day one was nothing negative. Don't say anything negative. And so I think it's important to think through, if we're going to talk about the things that bring life to a relationship, let's also talk about the things that can destroy or kill a relationship. And so obviously we've been together for over a decade, you know, married almost 10 years. One area where I feel like we can easily tear each other down, but for me specifically that I've had to learn, and if I could go back in time, I would do some things differently is using extreme terms like you always and you never. Because what I think happens, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what happens is it's almost like this self fulfilling prophecy where I've already told you this is what I think about you. And instead of speaking to your potential and telling you what I believe in you and seeing the areas where you are capable and you can grow and change, I'm just kind of proclaiming that this is the way it's always going to be. And that's super defeating. And and we can think about it. And I think this is the thing we can think about in the context of what would I want to hear. I don't want to ever hear someone say, you never or you always that's yeah. never a fun thing to hear. That's never encouraging to me. It never motivates me, but somehow these are the things that we go to when we say to the person that is truly our other half. yeah what do you think is something that you've learned or words that you feel like can destroy or kill a relationship?
1: I think of a couple different things for me, one of them, I think is um I can be super critical um like even with some of the silliest things, right? Like I'll, I'll notice, like if somebody's like, what? Well, I guess mismatched socks is like a thing now, but like we could walk past somebody in the mall and I'll be like, oh, they were wearing Nike socks and uh, Adidas shorts. And you're like, what? And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> you're very
0: observant, which you is don't, a good You thing.
1: don't, you don't uh, mix brands. We don't cross brands here in the Oster household. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, sometimes you know, especially with what I do for work, a critical eye is great. Um, but I've learned that an overly critical eye or even tongue can be detrimental in our relationship and in other relationships. Mm. Um, and so I think something that I've definitely tried to be mindful of and to think about before I speak is, um, not not being quick to criticize. Mm-hmm. Um and and I think that's even where with what I said earlier about having clarifying conversations, like there's a huge difference in having a clarifying conversation than a criticizing conversation. Mm-hmm. Um cool. and and sometimes the criticizing, right, like goes into can lead to the extremes like you were just talking about. But I think also a lot of times, at least for me, the criticizing goes into the blame game. Well, like you didn't do this or you didn't do that. Or if you had done this where, like you said, if I, if I can just step back and think, you know, how would I want to hear this or even man, how, like, how would I feel if I were on the other end of this, um, Mm. is huge. And, And, and I think, yeah, you talk about the question you asked earlier, what's something I didn't know would be harder or or, or or didn't know about marriage that I know now is just like, man, how valuable it is to really put yourself in the other person's shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what would it be like to have to deal with me every single day? Like what? And And that sounds harsh, maybe. But, you know, the great thing is. If you're in a a marriage or a dating relationship, or if you're not, like you can start right now asking yourself that question. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something very simple that can make a, a huge profound difference in yourself, in your dating relationship, in your marriage, in your relationship with your kids, whatever. Of like, hey, I'm I'm going to step back and put myself in the other person's shoes, and how how would how would I receive what I'm doing right now, yeah, and or how would I feel if they were doing that to me? Because you know, mm-hmm. especially with guys, we can get super prideful and be like, "Well, it wouldn't bother me if this was happening." Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I, I gotta, think. I got to edit what I want to say. Yeah. I
0: think too, recognizing that you have the opportunity to start practicing being what you feel like you need. So if it's really hard for you and you feel like you have this loud inner critic, or you feel like you, you kind of tend to run from emotions and have a hard time, you know, expressing emotions, create a space, safe space for people to express emotions, you know, yeah. be slow to be critical, like start creating the things that You know, just every single person, no matter your Enneagram number, your love language, no matter what, people are gonna be drawn to you because you're a life giving person. You're a positive person. You're a person who tries to put yourself in the other person's shoes. You're a person who tries to see things. From a different perspective who strives to be more positive than negative those principles are never going to be things that you regret so if it ends up not working out in the relationship that you're in or if you would say my marriage ended and i'm starting over now and that's that's really scary and really hard don't hear this and think these are all the things you should have done i heard once that should is so closely attached to shame. And I don't feel like shame ever leads to our best life. I don't ever mm-hmm. feel like there's a place for shame in 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 growth. And so don't hear this and feel shame or feel like you know you should have. Hear this and feel like I can start now implementing some things in all of my relationships, in my friendships, my family, but then in future relationships where I'm going to be the kind of person that I want to be with. And we hear that said, but I wonder what would happen if everyone actually implemented it. It's hard work. Like we've already said, marriage is hard work. It's not easy, but it's so very worth it. And what you, it's like the work that you do when you get to reap the benefits, you know, it's like planting something and gardening and growing your own food where it's like well you did all the work but now you get to have all of this amazing food to eat you know there's there's this okay I'm going to invest in and pour into this relationship but then I'm going to get a teammate that's at their very best I'm going to yeah. get a father for my children that believes in himself because I'm not constantly tearing him down and so yeah. I think it's important to kind of see the big picture there.
1: That's good. Is
0: there anything you else you wanted to add on? Relationships marriage I
1: will say one other thing is um, this podcast is incredible and I get the honor of producing it and getting to be a part of it and i just want to publicly apologize for having to redo this episode we we (laughs) recorded this episode like three weeks ago uh, and we were going to be ahead of the game and i was actually out of town for work and went to edit the podcast and realized that uh i goofed up with the technology And it was like having four conversations because there was this huge echo on both ends. And so I appreciate your patience and uh, willingness to forgive me and love me in spite of messing up an incredible...
0: I believe that there is something in this episode that needed to be heard. And I think I just appreciate all of the countless hours behind the scenes that you pour into this space. And I do get to tell you what I love about you because that's what I get to do. And I've literally been thinking about and counting down the minutes until I get to share with the world some things I love about you. One of the things I love about you, and it's pretty much impossible to pick one. So just go ahead and know right now that it's not going to be one is your, it's going to be a couple, your willingness to grow and to do your best Nothing, like I said earlier, I touched on this, but nothing has ever been um been able to come into your life and kind of dictate what you will be and what your future will hold. Whether that's, you know, peers or different things, you know, that show your weaknesses, you're not gonna take that and go, okay, well, this is just gonna be what it is. You take that and go, okay, here are the areas that I need to grow. Here are the things I need to work on. Here's how I can become better. Let me learn as much as I can about myself and about other people. And you really pour in the time and investment. And another thing that I love so much is that you're willing to do that behind the scenes. You don't You don't need to post about it on Instagram. If you're reading some book that's going to help you be a better dad or help you be a better husband, or if you're working on something, you're not trying to do it for all these accolades. You're doing it because it's truly, you want to be the best that you can be. And in so many different areas in life, including in this podcast, you're willing to be the person that does the work behind the scenes and no one ever has to see your face or know that it was you that did it. You're just grateful to be a part and you're so genuine in that just excitement for other people and excitement to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And I'm so incredibly thankful for the way that you are a team player and you jump in and there's no, oh, that's not my job or that's not, you'll, you know, you'll work all day long and then jump right into whatever craziness is going on. And there's not a, well, you should have already done this or why, you know, what did you do all day? It's just like a, Hey, we're part of the same team. Let's, let's do the best we can together. And I'm just so thankful to have somebody that not only cheers me on the way that you do and creates such a safe space for me but also that really helps me be a better friend a better mom a better daughter and sister because of the way that you love me and you encourage me and you support me and so i am so incredibly grateful to you for all that you do and all that you are and it's my prayer that this episode can hopefully help other people in navigating relationships, one, know that you're not alone in the fact that it can feel really hard sometimes. Please don't hear this, you know, 30 minute podcast episode and think that we have all the answers and everything's great. And all you need is some life-giving words and learn your love language and Enneagram number. I
1: will tell you, I, I could definitely help you with a lot of things of not to do.
0: Have. I, <laughs> I think we all that. have plenty of lessons that we've learned and the goal is to create a space and to share, Hey, these are some things that we've learned and these are some things that we wish we would have known years ago that could have really helped us. But ultimately every single person's on their own journey and wherever you are, if you're seeking to be better and to grow and to be the best you can be, that's admirable. And that's something that I believe will lead to your very best days so i'm excited for the world to get to hear the relationship episode take two
1: hey thanks so much for listening to today's episode on the what i love about you podcast hey listen kaylee would love to connect with you on social media you can find her on instagram at kaylee oser that's k-a-y-l-e-i-g-h-o-s-e-r you can also uh send her a message through her website at www.kayleeoser.com we'll put in the description below some of the resources that we talked about today five love languages and the enneagram we'll put those below there so you can access those and also if you haven't had the opportunity to leave a review we would love for you to leave a review it helps get the word out to more and more people about this incredible incredible podcast All about life giving words. We love you. Hope you have a great day.